You're listening to the Soul Care Podcast. I'm Elaine Hamilton, the founder of the Soul Care House, a group of therapists working in community with a shared perspective about the path towards healing and change. This podcast is about creating a space for real conversations about real life struggles, a place where you can gather insight and support for issues that are relevant to you and the people you love. So sit back, put your feet up, and let's talk. Hey guys, I am back with another podcast episode with my podcasting buddy, Leanna Tankersley. Um, Today we're talking about how to access deeper parts of yourself and how to get into flow, how to respond to invitations to um, create from that space. So um, I asked Leanna if she would start us off. So here we go. We wanted to do a bit of a follow-on conversation from our previous episode. And in that episode, if you haven't listened, um, we talked about going from surviving to living. Elaine has had a very difficult year that has been um, punctuated by loss. And as you guys know, I've been going through a season of beginning again and loss in my own life. And we talked about what it looks like to kind of come to a point where we feel like we're getting this tap on our shoulder, this invitation, that it's kind of time to come out of the cocoon of grief and survival and to move into the land of living. And so we talked about what does that look like? What is that about to go from surviving to living? And we gave some specifics in both of our lives of what that looked like, but we kind of wanted to follow on with that and talk about another aspect of what it looks like to be really living and living as ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, This is kind of maybe living (laughs) 2.0. So um, Elaine, why don't you tell me the phrase that you gave me um, that you wanted to kind of, that you wanted to talk about? Yeah. A few days after that, that first tap on the shoulder, I, this other thought came to me and and it was, it's time to be as big as you are, as free as you are. And I was like, whoa, who is, who is saying that to me? And what does that look like? <laughs> um, so again, you know, as always, when I have moments like this, um, I always want to talk to LT and say, what do you think about that? What does that mean? What does that look like? How do I, how do I pursue that? And it was, it was interesting that the, the wording was like as big as you are, as free as you are, as opposed to like as big as you can be or as big as, or as free as you can be. Like to me, that was significant that like in some ways it felt like the idea was like, you're kind of dumbing yourself down. Like maybe, maybe we need to embrace mm. what's already there and press into that a little bit more. So thoughts, LT. I love it. First of all, I just love it because, and I love the emphasis on already. I think sometimes we think we've got to become this other person or we've got to like, you know, I don't know, just become something different and better and a new version of ourselves. And it's like so much of the case is that it's all already there. We've just let a lot of things get in the way or a lot of things have gotten in the way, whether that's experiences that um, we didn't even choose or whether that's um, coping strategies or whether that's like our ways of relating and being. But I like to think of it as, as, as 
being as big as you actually are already, as free as you actually are already, what are the layers that are in the way that we have piled on? And the invitation is to begin shedding them so that we can get back to our essential voice and who we are and what we were created and put on this earth to do. And I think the temptation, and you and I have talked about this before, like there are seasons in our life where we have to pile on coping mechanisms because things are happening around us where we have to get through it and look at us like we did, we survived, we got through it. But then there's a time when it's like we need to emerge from coping and we need to say, okay, what are these strategies that I've layered on? People pleasing, being acting small, apologizing for myself, dumbing myself down that are no longer necessary. They're no longer working. They're no longer serving me and they're no longer needed. They're, they're, they're obsolete, but I'm so used to using them and engaging in my life in this way that it's like this, you know, I'm on autopilot. Yeah. So it sounds like what you're talking about is that maybe there's some things that have you've been on autopilot with and it's like, could I let go of those strategies and um, could I allow what's already there to emerge in a bigger and truer way? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it feels like it's um, there's a lot of space right now because for some very pragmatic reasons, like um, having to restructure my therapy practice, right, with new laws around independent contractors and all of that, which I won't go into, but um, that just changed the way the business functioned. And what it meant was that uh, that change led to a lot less complexity and a lot less expense for me. And that was that was quite a relief. It's like, we're still functioning in the same way. We're still a community of therapists who are working together, but I'm just less responsible for a lot of things um, than I was. And that's actually really what I wanted, right? Like I, mm. I didn't know how much I wanted it until it happened. And people were like, are you sad? I'm like, oh, actually I'm so relieved because I feel like I've spent a lot of time trying to understand taxes and business licenses and you know a bunch of stuff it's like I am not wired to do that that is not interesting to me it takes me twice as much time as it takes somebody who gets that and I was wasting a lot of energy on things that were so not life-giving to me and the restructure has really offered way more space almost too much space right now, right? Like too much space, but like it's offered a lot of space. Like if you want to do things that you're actually good at and that are creative and energizing for you, you have it, you have the space to do it. And that's very exciting and daunting at the same time. Sure. Well, I think anytime the scaffolding around how our lives are functioning that could be in work, that could be in relationships. Um, the scaffolding of how our life was functioning is removed or changed. What, what arrives is space. And actually, sometimes it's the very thing we always wanted, but there's a vulnerability that comes with, how am I going to fill up that space? Right. Am I gonna fill up that space? I think every one of us on some level is dealing with that right now because the scaffolding of our lives through this pandemic has changed. Um, it may go back to how it was, it may not, but we all have what was holding our lives up from a practical and logistical standpoint 
has changed. And so there is space. Some of us are handling that space like with excitement and relief, like you said. And then for some of us, it's like, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know how to do this. I don't know. But space arrives. And so we have the choice with how we're going to fill and step into that space. And I want to say again, it, it's actually a little bit vulnerable, even if it's the thing we always wanted to have that space. It's a little bit vulnerable because it's like, oh, now maybe I was relying on the fact that there were some limits and impediments and well, you know, you just can't do that because you don't have the time or you don't have the money or you don't have, you know, you don't have that kind of freedom. And when you do, it's a little bit scary because it's like, oh, now I don't have any excuses and I need to really step into this. Right. Um, so I, yeah, I understand that. Yeah. It's like, I, it's the idea that I'm the only person holding myself back. Right. Um, yes. I think that's, that's some of what I'm experiencing. Like, for example, um, my son, Josh, and I had a conversation a couple of weeks ago just talking about this whole idea of like, there's more space and what do I want to do with that? And um, he's like, you know, mom, it's kind of dumb that like the only way you can help people is if they live in San Diego and they have money to spend on therapy. He's like, that's, that's not a lot of availability for your content. I'm like, well, yeah, I see what you're saying. He's like, what if you did online classes and you just, you know, sold them at a reasonable rate where like people could afford People all over the world, all over the country could afford to buy a class and learn some of the stuff that your, your clients are learning or people who come to your workshops are learning. Like, well, that makes a lot of sense. And then, you know, like, like, Josh, Josh. then I immediately got in my, my own way about like, well, you know, lots of people are already doing this. Um, do does anybody need another voice out there talking about the same issues and i i, I hear other people saying that um too you know like at some, your writing workshops or whatever or when when people are talking about creativity one of the things that people regularly say is is there is there any reason for me to express my voice right and when other people say it, it sounds real dumb to me i'm like of course of course, like your, yeah. your voice. Yeah, it's true. There's nothing new on under the sun. That is true. We're talking about things that people talked about a hundred years ago and a hundred years before that, but we're talking about them in a different way. And your voice is important. The way that you're going to say it, the stories that you're going to tell are going to be uniquely relatable to some people. And that's why it's important for you to put your voice out there. But of course, you know, when it comes to me, there are all these things that are going to get in the way between me and the, the execution of what is probably a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. And part of what I'm hearing you say is that immediately you go up into your head. Yeah. Well, I don't think that's a good idea for the following 16 reasons. And I'm not the person for the job for the following 22 reasons. And Josh is not even 30 years old. So what in the heck does he know? And it's like, zoom, we're all the way up in our head, right? And this is the space where we're not going to, um, we're not going to be able to respond to invitations because we've already talked ourselves out of it. Yeah. So if you want an invitation to be your actual free self and your actual big self, we have to come out of that headspace. And I do it constantly. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. What we actually need to do is get out of our head, drop down into our heart, open up and say, if 
this is something that I'm being invited into, might that become a bit clearer? Yeah. Or what would be my one next step? And I might try that and then say, do I feel a sense of flow? Or do I just feel, and not that that won't require courage, it will. Or, um, you know, some vulnerability, it will, period, it will. But could we just take the next step and say, do I feel a sense of flow? Do I feel a sense of like being invited into this instead of just zoom, I'm up in my head and I'm, I'm gonna come up with all the reasons why this is a terrible idea. Yeah, I love that. A next step, I'm writing this down because that's very helpful. Could I take a next step and mm -hmm. then could there be some flow? Like, is there any flow to this? Yeah. And flow, again, just to be clear, when we step into the flow, it still requires courage. It still will be, it will feel vulnerable for sure. But we'll have a sense that, um, huh, I'm not, I'm not doing this out of my ego. I'm not trying to like fix something in my life. I'm not trying to like, I'm not being a, my false self, right? I'm not trying to like yeah. get people to like me or um, to prove that I'm worth something. But sometimes we have to step a little bit to see if, okay, what are my motives? Am I trying to like remind everyone that I'm awesome? Well, that's not going to work. Yeah. Um, you know, or whatever these things that our ego comes up with. But if I can authentically, bravely, vulnerably step into the flow and, and then we can reassess. Say, huh, okay, okay, yeah, I still continue to feel invited into this. This actually... I actually, whoa, hold on. I'm feeling slightly energized. I'm feeling, I, I find myself thinking about this or coming up with ideas. Well, that's flow. That's flow, baby. So um, yeah, I think these are ways that we can practically step into who we already actually are. So flow for you, let's drill down into what you mean by flow. So when I'm in flow or when, when I, when I feel like there's something that's pushing this idea along that's bigger than me, right? Yes. I'm going to feel yes. energized. I'm going to feel inspired. It's not necessarily easy, but there is a sense of like, there's some excitement around this idea. And another, another marker that we're looking for is like, we're not in our ego. Is that, yeah. is that what you mean by flow? Yeah, like, okay, flow is not going to be supported by the universe when it's coming from our false self. Yeah. You know, it's like the universe wants to get these true, beautiful things out. And so if we're like trying to create and produce out of our own false self and needing to get our, help ourselves feel more secure and whole in the world, it's going to get stymied somehow. That's my belief. Mm -hmm. But or it's just not going to end up being the kind of thing we want to produce. I can feel it when I am more in my true self. And it's like, this actually is something I want to offer and give away. And it's an act of generosity. And it coincides with my own gifts and the way I'm wired. And it's not about me needing to um, become famous, grow an audience, um, wow everyone. You know, it's not about that. Yeah. It sounds like you're saying, it doesn't, flow doesn't equal success. I'm using air quotes, everyone. 
success in terms of like, oh, my book became a bestseller. Oh, I, I got a million followers. That's not flow necessarily. Could be. Could be. Right. And, that, and the point that you're making, the point that you're making sucks because people, <laughs> because people can create out of their false self and have a New York Times bestseller and people can create out of their true self and live in anonymity. Good. And, um, that sucks. Yeah. But what we're also saying is that flow actually is also about our own process and it's not just about a product. And so how am I stepping into my own process, the process that God has for me, the invitation toward my own wholeness, the thing that I was put on this earth to bring forth, um, you know, for some people that's going to end up living in lights, you know, and for some it won't, but it's more about my own process. I think that's how we want to be living. I think some of us, maybe not some of us. We're like, I don't really care about that. I don't care about my own wholeness or my true self. But I think like you and I, I think if we were honest, that, that's how we want to be living is like, I want to bring things forth that matter, that are from my soul, that um, mean something to other people because they came from a true place in me. That's lasting. Oh my gosh, you're on fire today, LT. I'm going to have to listen to this because I keep up writing all of this down. Aww. This is, yeah. I think this is where I'm living. I'm living in this right now because I'm in the process of starting a new book. And um, I have to come back to this, like, I don't know, three times a week and just remind myself, like, drop down into this place in you that's your strong, knowing, authentic self, this rooted self, you know? And um, there's days where that's not possible because there's just, there's too many needs or there's, you know, too many, the, you know, the dog ran away <laughs> or whatever it is, right. you know, um, the dishes are just far too piled up. But then there's those days where I think we're invited into that flow place. And um, again, it's, it's actually sometimes more vulnerable than just responding out of your head and your ego. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're, you're trying to offer something that is coming from your truest self, which means you have to really dig and you have to yeah. make sure that the things that you're saying, whether it's what, whatever medium you're saying them in, however you're expressing them, they have to be real. They have to resonate with your experience, with what sounds true, right? Which is very different than like, you know, I learned these five techniques when I listened to so-and-so and I'm just going to repackage them because they're good, right? And of course they're good, but like, is that you? Are you living that out? Right. And is my goal to be like a guru or is my goal to be um, sharing my own authentic experience and letting people find themselves in the flow? Right. That's good. So, you know, there's, I, I have it in one of my books, but there's a quote from Rilke, who's a poet, and he talks about waiting for faraway things. And I think that this is part of flow, is that we're stepping into, we're being invited into something where we don't have perfect control, that um, we're waiting for God, the universe, um, whatever it is, to, um, to kind of join us 
or, or God is waiting for us to join in to, you know, it's like, it's a joining. And so we don't have total control over all of it, which no one likes that. And that's, what's vulnerable and scary, but it also requires us to get into a right relationship with, um, with God. And like, we have to wait for this thing to arrive that we don't have always total control over. And I find that I am most also in flow when I realize that, when it's like, I'm not strong arming all of this into existence. I, it, of course we work hard, but we're not working hard. You know, someone once told me working hard and working out of anxiety are not the same things. And so we work hard, but we work in a surrendered posture because we know that it's not all coming from us, that we, we have to be joined by a faraway thing. It's, like, it's kind of mystical, actually, in, in my opinion. And I believe this, this is true in, in most every medium, that we are being invited into a place where um, it's spiritual. It's spiritual <laughs> because it's about our own forming and formation. And so, yeah, we can strong arm things, but that's not about um, becoming our big self and becoming our actual true self. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it reminds me of like, why, why in my practice, it's so important to me that therapists who work with us are integrated that, you know, I always say, are you, are you smoking what you're selling? Right? Like, mm -hmm. do you, do you, do you love this work? Are you passionate about this work? And have you done this work? Are you doing this work in your own life? Like, do you know what it's like to struggle um, with an addiction? Do you know what it's like to struggle in a relationship? Do you know what it's like to the process? Like, have you, are you doing the process? Are you living it out so that when someone comes in that you're working from a place of like, I'm a fellow, I'm on a journey with you, right? Like, I, yeah, this is hard work. I get that it's hard. And I get that sometimes I know exactly what to do and I don't do it either. And so, yeah, you didn't, you didn't read the book I suggested, or you didn't try that technique that I suggested. I don't blame you. It's so hard. Right? Yeah, um, I really, I really want therapists who are like, yeah, the work is very hard. And I know that because I was doing it last night with my husband or I was doing it yesterday with my kids or yeah, that they're in, they're in the thick of it. Um, yeah. And they have that to, they, they're offering that from a place of real empathy and a real knowing of what the process is like. Absolutely. We can all sniff it out when someone is handing us concepts from up here in their head. Right. Because they think they're good ideas. We can all sniff that out. And then when someone is, like you said, I love that word, integrated. It takes me back to my 2020 word, which is congruence. We can all feel it when someone is also offering us something that's like, I've learned this the hard way. Mm -hmm. You want to know something? I've learned this the hard way. Yeah. I've learned how to, I've learned how to um, you know, be in conflict with my spouse because I've had to learn it the hard way, or I've learned how to love others because I've had to do that in dress and in difficult situations, or I've learned whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I've learned how to trust in myself or believe myself because I've had to learn the hard way because I've abandoned myself for years and years and years and years. And then I've, I've got, gone through the process of having to come home to myself. We know, we know we're not dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we can, so we can sniff it out. Go ahead. Sorry. That's no, okay. Um, what else? What else do you see getting in the way? 
I think um, we uh, apologize and quiet our own voices. And I think most of us do that, especially women, I would say. Yeah. And I think that's a learned behavior. And it's something that I think for many of us, we just sort of assume is expected of us. And so there's a, a dampening and a softening of our voices that we just, it just stuck to us at some point. Mm -hmm. And we have to unlearn that. And so um, it makes me think about in, in 2016, you know, my book, Brazen. Mm -hmm. And I've been thinking about that book a lot lately, actually. And, and we, sometimes we have that connotation with the word brazen as like, it's negative, you know, brazen hussy or whatever. But the word actually means unashamed and unapologetic. And when I worked on that book, I was really in a season of trying to leave some of this behavior behind where I am not being honest about what I really think. It's a lot of people pleasing. I'm not being honest about what I really think. I'm, um, I'm sort of trying to keep the peace, no matter what the cost is to me at all times. I am self-apologetic or I am silent because speaking up would be disruptive. Mm -hmm. And I was really in the process of doing that work. And so I think that for most women, that's work that needs to be done. And the truth is that when we grow into our own voices, especially when we have abandoned them on some level, it's disruptive. You know, growth is disruptive and it can be disruptive in our relationships. And I think that keeps us sometimes from um, like, what do I actually think about this? What, what, what do I really want to say? And I, what I would say is start with yourself. Start stepping into your own voice to you. It doesn't have to go out here yet. It doesn't have to go into your home or into the internet or into your church or into your workplace. Start practice by being honest with yourself right here. Mm -hmm. You know, be honest with God. That's a person that can handle it. What do I actually think about this? What would I want to say if someone asked me? And start there. And I think as we get more and more comfortable with our actual, honest, unapologized for, undampened voice, even if it's just in the context of with ourself, and we allow it to emerge, we'll start to get incrementally more comfortable of bringing that out into the world. Mm -hmm. But I think that's one thing that keeps us from flow is we immediately have an idea or a thought and it's like, well, no, I can't say that. I can't think that. I can't talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the tricky thing about that is that stepping out you know, if you have healthy friends, they're going to support that. And they're going to say, oh my gosh, it's a great thought. I really, I think you should do that. Um, and they're going to support the expansion of you. Um, what do you think for folks who like that sort of met by like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. I don't know if that's a good idea. What do we do about that when that's the expansion? Yeah. Yeah. I think um, this comes back to have we spent some time and, and a lot of time in our own knowing and, our, and sitting with ourselves and saying, is this from a place of ego? Is this from a place of trying to prove everyone wrong? Is this from a place of false self and I just, you know, or anger or hurt or frustration? Or is this a true expression of, the, of a healthy me? 
Mm -hmm. because these things are so nuanced. It's easy for people to get up and say, this is how you should be out in the world, but they don't have to live with the consequences of what's going to happen in your life when you do that. And so I am very aware at how nuanced it is when we start stepping into our own voices and it can cause, it can cause significant disruption. So that's an individual decision. And we have to feel like, no, this is like, this is my true self. This is who I am. And that takes time. That's not a knee jerk. Don't you think? Totally. Totally. Yeah. I think it takes a lot of internal work first. And then I I would also say that like, it's important to have support as you're doing that, right? Like, like you were saying earlier, sometimes we need to check in with our people to say like, what do you think about this? Cause I'm not sure. Yes. I'm not sure about this. And, and we need people who know us and love us and know how to support the expansion of you because they're working on that themselves. Um, and they can, they can be there for us and it can be very difficult. Like one of the things that we talk about sometimes in therapy is like, as you grow, in this process, you may find that some of your relationships feel really tight and constricting because you're growing in ways that some other people in your, in your life may not be. And that, like you say, will cause disruption. And, um, you know, sometimes it means we're like, we got to look for some other folks who can do that with us, who like are pursuing that work. So that feels like an important piece to me. It's like, we need support as we're doing that we need others who it's like it's like we speak the same language they're like yeah i know what you're talking about i get what you're saying and i'm trying to do that in my life as well um i i just think it's really important if you don't have that to try to find some folks who that will resonate to them and and you can have the support of that i think that's brilliant and to even say to that friend um, and sometimes that's not like our very closest best friend. Sometimes it's someone that like, we just realize, oh my gosh, I, my sense is I'm on a parallel journey with this person over here. And to even say to them, like, I'm trying to step into my own true voice a little bit more and it's yeah. rocky and I don't want to hurt the people around me. And I don't want to come across um, disrespectful or angry or whatever. And so you know, can we talk about how that, what that's looking like in each of our lives? And can we kind of walk this out together? I love that. I think too, it's just unfair. It's unfair to look at the other people in our lives and expect them to be right where we are thinking exactly as we are and in the same place in their journey as we are in ours. So if we find ourselves frustrated or angry, is it because we're expecting people, we have unrealistic expectations of other people in our lives? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's one of the dangers and certainly something I have experienced along the way. It's like when I learn something new, I want everybody to be doing that with me. I want everyone to see it the way I see it. I, yeah, I just want, can we all do this together? And if you don't want to do this together with me, like what's wrong with you, right? So I can get very judgy and it's taken a long time to learn that like everybody's on their own journey and everyone else's journey is not my business, right? Correct. Mine is my business. I'm responsible for that. I'm accountable for that. I got to be doing my own work. Um, And, you know, you always say taking your paws off of, like, take your paws off of what other people are doing. It's not, it's none of your business, right? But that, that's a, that can be a real challenge when you're learning something new and you're just like, can you see this? 
you know, come, come follow me, you know, into this brand new world that I've experienced. It can be um, very disruptive in a way that doesn't serve you or the people around you. So that's a nuance that like we have to figure out. And usually that happens trial and error, right? Like, oh, we alienated people the last time because of how we did this. Now we want to like do this a little more gently, a little more, you know, a little more kindly or something so that we're not, um, banging a drum that nobody wants to listen to. And you know what, what I always say is this takes, this is deep inner work. It takes a lot of time and a lot of energy. So why don't I take my time and my energy and focus on myself? Am I spending more time and energy focused on how this other person is or isn't growing in their life? Or am I turning that time and energy on myself? Am I on my side of the street? It takes enough of my intention to do this work myself that I don't, I don't need to take that intention away and, and focus on how someone else is or isn't doing it. It is their own journey. Yeah. That's between them and God. And I need to get back on my side of the street and say, am I spending the majority of my time worrying about how and judging how other people are doing things? Or am I spending that time and energy focused on where I feel like I need to be and sitting and waiting for the faraway thing that is, needs to come to me? And am I responding to those invitations? Or I think one of our coping mechanisms is to get distracted with other people so that we don't have to do the hard work ourselves. Sure, sure. You know, and that's not where we're supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we can, it's easy to spend your energy on what everyone else is doing or isn't doing. And it's way harder to like, okay, like I have this idea. How am I going to flesh that out? Like what, what do I need to do to actually make that a reality? And that that's where all the scary stuff is, but like, well, what if it's not good enough? What if nobody's interested? What if, what if, right? Like that's, that's way scarier than just looking around and, hmm, what's everybody else doing? Because I really want, when I'm doing all of that judging, I think what I'm really looking for is people to say, no, no, what you're doing is good. That's smart. That's going to be really helpful. And if I'm not getting that, then I'm focused on, um, I'm focused on what, why other people aren't offering that or why what they're offering isn't as good as whatever, right? Like, so it's very easy to get distracted by that. And it really is a hundred percent about deflecting um, my attention and my energy away from what I'm supposed to be doing, which is pressing in, figuring it out, taking risks, being vulnerable, trying to get into flow, trying to pay attention yeah. to the invitation in my own life. And then walking that through regardless of how hard it is. I think that's so perfectly said. And, and what takes us out of flow is when we start looking around at other people because we go back up into our heads and, oh, well, what are they doing? And why don't they think it's good? Or why are they in my way? Or, um, you know, why are they having success? Or why are they saying it that way? Or why don't they understand me? Now we're back up in our head and we're not focused on our own flow. And that's always the invitation to come back to our own work. I'm not saying those things aren't disruptive and difficult. Of course they are. But um, often it's a, like you said, it's perfectly said, it's a deflection from what we really need to be spending our time and energy on, which is coming back into that space where we are and facing those things that, um, those, those things that need to be burned down inside us that are keeping us from moving um, into the space we're supposed to be in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Preach. Yeah. 
it's <laughs> like uh, what you learn in recovery, right? It's that you just got to pay attention to your own side of the street and clean that up and do your own work, right? Like um, recovery programs are so good at um, reminding us, us of that over and over. Like the work is in you. Like it doesn't matter what other people are doing. It only matters whether you're doing your own work. Yes. It always comes and it's possible. It's possible. The work is in you. It's already there. I think, I think, you know, we get, we also get invited into these places and these invitations come our way um, because we're being invited toward our own wholeness and healing. And so to then all of a sudden focus on everyone else is, is to, is to try as the escape hatch. And what we want to do is we want to say, oh, this is hard and it's rubbing against me. And all I want to do is like talk about all the people that are standing in my way or that don't understand me. And that's just an escape hatch from uh, the work that I'm being invited into. That's going to actually be about my own wholeness mm -hmm. and healing my own wholeness and healing. And I think I've said this to you before, and maybe I read this somewhere. I'm sure I probably did, but it's all rigged in our favor. Yeah. You know, the, I really do believe that doesn't mean it's all easy, but I think it all is rigged in our favor to continue to bring us back to this threshold of wholeness and healing. And that's not easy. It's not comfortable, but um, that's where the gold is. Yeah. That's where the gold is. Oh, gee, that was good. Okay. I wrote it all down. Unfortunately, I recorded it also, so I can listen to it. <laughs> And you can do it. We can all do it. We do it slowly. We do it two steps forward, one step back. Yep. Um, we find support along the way. And um, I think the key is that we focus on, I don't, I don't need to puff myself up bigger. I need to figure out what are those layers that actually need to be shed so that I can just stand on my own two feet and be the me I was always meant to be. Yeah. Lovely. All right, let's just see how big we're going to be. <laughs> how big we're going to be. Who knows? Who knows? That's right. That's right. Love you. Love you too. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Soul Care House podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Any questions or comments you have, if there are topics you'd like us to address, let us know. Feel free to contact me at elaine at soulcarehouse.com. If you're interested in knowing more about what we do here at Soul Care, our website is soulcarehouse.com. And you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle there is Soul Care House and Barn. Talk to you soon.